0: This episode features discussion on mental health and suicide, content that may be upsetting or triggering to some. Resources have been posted in the bio, and if you don't feel comfortable listening to these topics, then please skip this episode. Welcome back to the Sick of It podcast. Today we spoke to Suzanne all about bipolar disorder, beauty pageants, and fashion. I hope you enjoy. So how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. You look amazing. I'm feeling a little bit underdressed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to make as many um like appearances like through these kind of things, like with the pageant. Yeah, we yeah. up score up to like ten points um for our overall score if we go make these appearances and like tag them stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Ah, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So can we start by you just telling us a bit about yourself, what you do, who you are, your health journey? Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, my name is Suzanne. I'm also known as Suzy.
1: I am a peer worker, or it's easier to understand, a support worker in mental health. Um, I have two jobs in mental health. I'm a bit of workaholic. <laughs> um, my full-time job is in um, Ipswich in Queensland, and I drive 40 minutes each way to work and I mainly teach art to adults with severe and complex mental health issues like schizophrenia, bipolar, PTSD. I've been doing that for over two years. Um, this June will be my three years with them and on some weekends I work also as a support worker, peer, peer support worker, exactly how it's called, um, with the Queensland government. I also um, mainly did um talking to residents, help them with their recovery goals and doing art as well. Um but it's not main it's not, and I'm in a program for the Ipsos job called LEAP, Live Experience TV program. So not only I teach art, but we do like online yeah. groups such as like mindfulness and um self care living skills. Like um the like self care living skills group is really good. Um we learn how to we teach to our clients how to build emotional resilience, how to set goals, how to set boundaries, kind of thing. Quite a popular online group. I had it earlier today and I had a good time there. And um, I have been diagnosed with bipolar. Um, my journey started when I was, I would say, 14. Um, I attempted suicide and I'm almost completed. It was the right word to news. And I didn't seek help for five years later. I was really good at masking my emotions and feelings. And I um, and I told my grandpa at the time, who didn't really understand my mental illnesses, he told me this be big tough, stop crying. Just to put a mask on it which I did so I, it took me five years to actually go to a GP GP and, and tell them that I was depressed and in when I was 19 I found myself in a mental health ward I was um, psychotic I was bizarre I was having auditory and visual hallucinations and um I was I found myself in the hospital for the first admission for three months uh, first month I was in I was on suicide watch. And I, I was followed around by like the nurse, like wherever where, I where go to eat, go to the toilet, shower, a nurse will be there um, with me. Um, so then I try many medications in my lifetime as well. I'm currently on clozapine and Abilify injection. It's the perfect combination, the best combination I've had for a long time. And it, it, I believe that my bipolar is a chemical imbalance because no one else in my family has bipolar. I have to take medication the rest my life because the quality of life I have now is thanks to the medications, not because of anything else. And yeah, so that's a little bit intro about me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and what made you take so long to tell someone about how you were feeling? Was it just because you didn't feel like you could share that?
1: Yes, kind of feel like I felt like I was like being a burden to someone else if I shared that I was like having those thoughts of suicide or depression. Um, I felt I felt that, like, maybe at a time I had to just hide it and just be stronger, say positive, smile kind of thing. And I did feel like I couldn't share with my family because I'm not sure what you know, but in Asian culture, mental illness is not as accepted like in the Western countries. And, yeah, I just feel I just felt that I couldn't share and and I, I was good at masking it. And uh, I felt like I was being – when I talk about emotions and feelings to my grandpa, he's, I feel like I was at the time – um. I was punished for having feelings and emotions, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: And what was, like, the process of getting diagnosed with bipolar? Like, how do they diagnose you with it?
1: So my journey around being diagnosed with bipolar, it started when I was misdiagnosed, I would say, with schizophrenia, um, type, ADHD, and I tried medications that didn't work. And over the years, as I go, go in and out of hospital more, I learned to see how I behave like in the community how I behave in the hospital and it just um, it just it was like, it was like, it's like a jigsaw puzzle like you know, each, every, each year or each, every time I, I go to hospital for a mission it's a piece of puzzle that the couple fix the puzzle later if that makes sense and I I have to diagnosed and tried medications that didn't work for me I've been've tried lots of medications in the past so the evaporate, lithium seral um, and so on. But um, the, it's not one easy process because it depends on everyone. Everyone's different.
0: Yeah, the medication so hard, right? For, like trying to find the best medication for you. And then I feel like every single medication has some sort of side effect. And then it's like, yes. is it worth dealing with the side effect or dealing with it without the medication? It's such a hard balance. It is. Yeah, definitely. And what do you think some of the biggest misconceptions that people have about bipolar are?
1: Oh, one of my pet peeves, like, in terms of, like, of bipolar, I would say, um, when people use bipolar as a way to, like, express the weather, like, oh, the weather's bipolar today. Mm-hmm. Um, um, bipolar is just ups and downs, you know, it's, yeah. it's a mood disorder. It's not just ups and down, happy, sad kind of thing. Um, so that's the main thing I, I feel that people, when they think, when they, when I tell them about bipolar, they're like, oh yeah, so you just, you're just up and down. I'm like, no, it's one of that. <laughs> yeah and um so there's a fly around me so um yeah so uh, other things I would say um people understand more like the depressive depressive style of bipolar but when it comes to mania it's it's hard for I feel personally hard for me to explain to some people um because like it's just um mania is I don't know I don't know how to say this but like it's just it's harder to uh, to explain it than the depression like it and I feel like in like mm-hmm. society like these days um more people are speaking about about depression and anxiety it's yeah it's more like coming out of the shell the stigma kind of thing but in terms of like bipolar it's still i feel like it's a long way to go there's a be more education and awareness and advocacy works like so that's one of the things i do to like help break the stigma around bipolar and my platform is bipolar awareness obviously yeah
0: yeah, we are starting to slowly get more, like, mental health awareness, but you're right. Like, it's really mostly just, like, depression and anxiety. Like, I remember in high school pretty much the only mental illness they talked about was depression. They never talked about anything else. Um, Like, I didn't yeah. even know what anxiety was because they didn't talk about it or, like, how it worked back then. Um, And, yeah. yeah, no one really talks about. Well, what do you think are the main things that you would like people to know about bipolar?
1: I. For my journey, I th- I want to like set an example. You know that any any mental illness you have, like you can use it as a superpower and do good with it. Like I'm, I've reached a stage in life where I'm I'm not I do get triggered sometimes, like from work and stuff like that. But in terms of like recovery, like recovery is very possible. Like, I spent almost two years at a mental health rehab called C C U Community Care Unit. And I thought that like, I felt like I was one of those people who had to hit rock bottom before rising, you know. And um, yeah, just I find that like bipolar is, is it's 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 hard to have one thing that will help recover, but it's a number of things. Like I've i realized that like, um, mental health it's more than just the mind. It's about having affordable housing. It's about able to set boundaries with family, friends, relationships, um able to make you have a meaningful um employment you know to, make, to give you purpose in life yeah that recovery is possible definitely possible so i want to set an example that people even, even with bipolar can live a fulfilling and quality life you know and yeah. that they, they can get support and i want to continue to break the stigma of our mental illnesses and bipolar especially i think that it's just really um it's not easy. It's easy to say, say it and done yet. Yeah? And although I do get a lot of stigma in the family sometimes, my family sees me, like some of my cousins sees me really well at the moment. They're like, oh, how come you're on medication still. You look what? really good. And you look like you've recovered. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm here where, where I am now because thanks to the medications.
0: And when you are like where you are now and with the medications, what's the difference? Like how does the medication help?
1: So my medication helped me with my chemical imbalances. I, no one in my family has said for like has bipolar and yeah, it's just, it's really helped me. And I see a psychiatrist every six months to, to check out all the medications. Like because I need to tweak it a little bit. Like maybe increase it or lower it. And I do have been low, lowered the medication um, in the past, maybe two, three years. So I, I'm on a um, by injection. Um, they're lowered by a hundred milligrams. which is a really good process. But it's one of those things that you can't just get off cold turkey. You might, you might know making those, yeah. So yeah. You can't just, um, you need to like monitor it with a, with a good doctor.
0: So let's talk about the pageants. What sash are you wearing right now?
1: I'm wearing a, I'm a national finalist for the Miss <laughs> Galaxy Australia pageant. Um, wow. I'm one of the national finalists and I'll be competing down in Sydney um, between May 3rd to May 6th. The crowning Kra- the gala is on um, Friday, or Saturday, I mean Saturday on 6th of May. And it's my fourth time to um compete in a pageant. Yeah. So I competed in Miss Fit 4, like Vietnamese 4, um, back in, oh, I can't remember, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. And um I also entered with Miss Vietnam World Australia in Sydney too. And then the one that I did last year was Miss Royalty International Australia. And like if I was going to share like how different each pageant is, I would say that the the first two pageants i didn't really know what i was doing i was just tried to like wing it which is not good in a way with my, with my you have to be really organized and plan things out like your outfits and what you're gonna wear how you're gonna get to your interview kind of thing um so i entered one when I entered into vietnam world australia i i didn't place and i got some photos of me in bikini and swimwear and it was posted online like shortly after I received some trolls um one guy saying sumo and another guy saying why did she end the pageant she's too fat and I remember at the mm. time I was like I felt like a piece of shit yeah <laughs> and I was like this is so nice so I always wanted to comment like you don't have anything nice to say it, then say it all and I remember like when I the, the pageant next year after it finished I asked if we can rejoin and the director said said that I was too big really I was like, wow, that, that made me angry, actually. Yeah. And that made, made me realise that, hey, if I enter pageants and if I show that any my type of body, I'm size 14, anyone, anyone who wants to enter pageants and modelling, I've been modelling for two, since 2013, what, 10 years now, and I was, I, it, it, it was like a turning point for me, um, me that like, I can, I, if I want to model, I want to sh- set an example that people, anyone who can have any size or base or without any diversity they are, they can enter pageants and all do modeling you know yeah and like i want to set an example that you can even you can all do all this thing no matter how big or small you are what what body shape you are yeah so my, my turning point in in pageantry also was last year uh miss walson international very organized very accepting of all body types there were body types. there was a woman of color there's me kind of thing in it and i i, I came in um i came first run up in Miss biogenic um I won Miss Congeniality. It was won by my Sash sisters, <laughs> but coordinate with the call, really call sisters, Sash Sisters. And um and I also won second one up in my division. So I'm Ms. Oh. MS division. And I'm also I uh, for national finance for this strategy coming up this year, um, in the Ms. Division too. And my mum and my best friend is are both in it too. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty cool. <laughs>
0: and so is that what kind of made you want to do beauty pageants in the first place to like kind of raise that awareness and show some diversity
1: some diversity and people more asian culture can actually join kind of thing in you know? it and definitely like also build confidence and also i'm um, able to use my platform bipolar to raise more awareness and then share my story with people that i've never met before and i do think I, i'm, I'm already confident person but i think there's always room more improvement right Yeah. like and speaking I need to slow down sometimes it might it might seem that I'm anxious but I actually talk quite fast
0: <laughs> who knows yet
1: <laughs> yeah and yeah so just building awareness and I'm hoping to um if I win I win if I don't win anything I'll, I'll learn I'll tell myself that I'll learn to fail gracefully you know gracefully and, and um just do my best and enjoy and have fun yeah
0: and what kind of is the process of doing a pageant like what are all the things you need to prepare and do
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, so my first two I was not prepared at all. I've learned that you need to prepare how you're going to smile, how you're going to walk. you got to prepare for your, um, your outfits. So in the um, this guy, uh, galaxy this year, there's evening gown, there's eco-fashion wear, fun fashion, um, interview, and swimwear as well. Yeah. So there's some examples. And um, it's like you have to like, learn how to like wear the clothes and don't let the clothes control you. It makes yeah. sense. But you've got to control the dress. So, like, some dresses are really difficult to, like, wear and hat pose. So, the dress that I wore last year for Miss World International National in my evening gown right around, I had a long train on the side. And I I, I found it really um, tricky to, like, model with it. But I had a friend who also won a pageant in Vietnam, like, years, years ago. And she, she told me about how to, like, she taught me how to wear the the, the dress and how to, like, hold it, how long, etc cetera, kind of thing. And um, she also helped me wear, um show me how to wear the the ao yeah, was the Vietnamese traditional dress, the national costume. Last year, and it was it was, it was a very long train. It was like two meters oh, train, wow. and try to turn it while well, to turn around and doing a walk and try to make it look as graceful as possible. That took me a long time to like um to, to get control of, like how to like wear it with like confidence, and then like, let, let the dress control you, but you control the dress. Yeah.
0: And if someone wants to enter a beauty pageant. Like what do they do? Where do they go? Where do you even find them?
1: Um. So Miss Galaxy pageant was um introduced me by my the the third pageant that I entered Miss Rawls International director. He's told me that if if I joined Galaxy, I he thinks that I would really enjoy it because the the platform is very similar to Miss Rawls International. But I do find it it's a bit bigger in terms of like how it, like international the round is. Yeah. And um, I've I, uh, I found out about pageants just through like social media. Friends uh, sharing with me. Yeah, I'm also in the fashion industry, so um, I, I get um, invited to a lot of fashion events, and like I know a lot of fashion people who try to make um, try to organize and coordinate pageants. So I think they mainly do word of mouth. But yeah, there's a lot, of, lots, a lot of pageants in the in Australia. Just depending on which one you think you would like, you know, would like, you want to choose? Like which platform you want to choose to help you build a confidence or networking kind of thing
0: yeah and what are your biggest tips for someone who is going to do a pageant maybe for the first time
1: for the first time I would say it's almost a quote if you fail to plan you plan to fail kind of thing yeah so but in saying that um (laughs) one of my sister met last year she won yeah she didn't try to dress until two days before (laughs) the pageant, and she won the title and she's going international now yeah and um and short long story short, she her grandma passed away two days before the conference for the pageant too, and I I can't believe she she winged it she won yeah. yeah. But anyone who um my tips or advice for those who are um who wants to do pageants for the first time, I would say uh um have fun enjoy it, and don't don't expect this don't have high high expectations on yourself because mm-hmm. you, the more high expectations you have. N- possibly the, the more you would fall and be hurt by it yeah yeah and just enjoy and make friends yeah
0: and I did want to talk about your fashion as well because if anyone doesn't follow you on Instagram and they haven't seen you yet you're always dressed amazingly and like the most crazy out there bright colors
1: uh, yeah thank you. <laughs> when you when
0: did you get into fashion
1: I remember my first oh so I've been fashion blogging for a while 2013 oh, wow. it's been 10 years yeah 10 years so uh, when I was born 22 I guess I'm 32 now and yeah I just love going to fashion events and I haven't been sick of it yet <laughs> it was just good and um, I, I do look back on my style over the years it, it has changed a lot a better, I would say <laughs> and I remember going to like when I go back on fashion events I introduced myself as a mental health and fashion blogger and I be like oh mental health I'm like, yeah and I use my elevator pitch I like oh yeah I'm a i mental health fashion blogger. I have bipolar disorder, and I, I go to these events to help raise stigma and or, uh raise awareness and break the stigma about mental illnesses. Yeah, and then it just creates a conversation, mm-hmm. you know, because I think like in fashion there's also, not there's a lot of people in fashion I feel um I met as well I went along the way too who has mental illnesses but they feel they can't speak up about it, you know. Yeah. And so I, I'm. I'll, I'll also have like to add that like um I know a lady who names Jude. And she does um she's a fan of Mind Your Fashion. Mm-hmm. That's she 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 try to build awareness around around people who in the in fashion industry who has mental illnesses and that they can speak up and get the support that they need. And I I find that really like um I felt really touched up by her her goal in that business. Yeah. And she, not just a business she's very passionate about it as well. And I think fashion is like just really um it's more than disclose, hey. It's yeah. more it's about the connections, networking and yeah. And I I couldn't see myself organizing a fashion because I've seen it the
0: inside out. It's very stressful. <laughs> and your yeah, your outfits really are so spectacular and bold. Do you ever feel a little bit anxious like wearing them or you just don't care what anyone thinks? I don't care anymore.
1: But before I did, I was like, uh, "Mum's like, can you try to, like turn it down sometimes?" She tells me, "I'm like, Mum, I'm just just this is my style like that. I, I like to be bold and creative, with my layering and the everything I like that too. Yeah.
0: And do you take inspiration from anything or anyone when it comes to your fashion?
1: Uh I think I'm really good with color. Like, I can like really get inspired by like just colors and like nature, fashion. Um, and like. Music as well. It can help me create my rapid. Um, yeah, just and I'm also an artist. So I know and I'm a visual artist. So I know how to put colors together in a way. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And quickly going back to the bipolar, if someone does think that they potentially yeah. might have bipolar, what should they do? Like, where should they begin?
1: Oh, that's a good one. That's a good question. I would go to the GP first and. Get a mental health care plan, yeah, and then like, and find some psychologists through the mental health care plan that you trust, and they might even help you find a psychiatrist, like to talk about maybe symptoms and signs that you might have bipolar. My my experience is that I I had I had a long history in hospital, with the PA hospital in Brisbane, so I have a history of like of of being misdiagnosed schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder, ADHD, and and like the more I more hospitalizations I went to, the more it became clear of me that I had bipolar. So I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying you should go to hospital and get become unwell and you know, like and get the bipolar diagnosis. But I, I think it's the way I start is maybe doing some research as well, like around like um websites that, that are legitimate. Um maybe like Lifeline or Black Dog Institute, really like about the kind of thing. I wouldn't suggest like self-diagnosing yourself through google <laughs> that's that's a bit tricky and not always reliable right yeah but um yeah just sick. when you're talking to someone like you trust like a doctor or yeah first like a gp person i would say yeah
0: and what are like the main symptoms that you should look, be looking out for
1: so my bipolar i have bipolar type one i sometimes I go through hypomania, so i have like grandiose ideas about life um, sometimes i'm a hypersexual like um i get myself in like vulnerable situations like sexually um um sexual like experiences and um sometimes i hear voices too and yeah bipolar is different for everyone i know some people who like who's not not creative in arts but they're very creative in music and mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm very creative in the arts and and just myself like fashion stuff like that but for me, I uh, also like if, if more than two weeks, I feel depressed. I can't get out of bed. I know something is needs to be changed in me. Like not fixed, but something I need to go seek help. Yeah, anything longer lasting two year, two weeks, it's 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 a sign for me to go get seek professional help. So um, so five it's my almost mood re- disorder. So if if, it's, if I feel depressed, I really look depressed, um, I'm or if I can't like if i have a panic attack. Um, I have to use some like, um, medications to, to help with like Valium to help, P-I-N medication to help calm as well. Um, but I haven't been I haven't been manic for a long time. But the other the other week, I was quite depressed. Um, I had to celebrate my birthday, and and that's it. It was my first time with my grandpa, so I was very emotional, and I was trying to like use a wise mind, everything like that too.
0: And how are you so open about your mental health? Is that just come through time and practice?
1: Um. Yes, a little bit time and practice. So my, I'm. open putting on mental health. Um. a uh, Long story short, I I have a mental health YouTube channel, right? And I had a few more trolls <laughs> who told me. Um. On my, that person, two, two different two different comments. One comment was, "You're the ugliest psycho shit I've ever seen," and then another comment saying, "I hope you dive in the fashion." But my, my journey changed and until I had a turning point I had one people, one person comment on my video saying I was going to end my life today but I saw your video and I didn't so that was a turning point of me and um, it doesn't want me sharing my mental health like if my story can help and inspire others or save a life you know why not like it's just I, I feel I found my purpose in life like just through my sharing the story I do overshare in I think in a good way but um mm-hmm. I feel that like my story is very powerful. It's unique, and everyone has a story to share too, but not everyone has the voice, you know. And so that was a really a um epiphany for me. Like I really like I really had a a moment, and I was like, wow, if it can, no how many trolls I can, but having kind trolls of again, something. I just used that those troll comments as a ladder to help reach my goals in life, which is to break stigma around bipolar when well, bipolar specifically, yeah
0: yeah that's amazing I love that thank you so much for coming on that's okay where can we
1: find you I am I have a website Suzanne S-U-Z-A-W-N-E dash dang.com and the website there's like links links to my Instagram Facebook um and YouTube channel as well yeah yeah thanks so much for having me Remy Rose
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to get our episodes each week and leave a review if you're enjoying the podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at sick of it Podcast and Instagram at sickofit underscore podcast. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.